Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Taylor Johnson Podcast. That's me. That's my name. I am Taylor Diane Johnson, not my real middle name. I have to cut right to the chase. No dilly-dallying, no joshing around. I have an update that I need to give about something that we talked about in the last episode, but I don't want to just give this update to you. I want to give it to my friend Glendon, so I'm going to call him right now and fill him in on... On my update. Hey, Taylor, what's up, man? Oh, nothing much. What's up with you? Having a good day? Yeah, so far so good, man. It's Friday. It's Friday. Good week? You've had a busy week. I know that. Busy week, man. Busy week. Um, Haley turned 16 today, so we've just been... Busy with all those festivities. I was going to ask, like, what was your sweet 16 birthday party like, Taylor? Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. I never had a lot of memorable birthday parties. That's good. Hey, Gina, how are you? <laughs> One time she did, my mom did try to throw me a surprise party, and I think, I'm pretty sure, like, she told my my dad and my sister, like, we should throw Taylor a surprise birthday party. And they were both like, he would hate that. And yeah. they were right uh, because a friend of mine was supposed to, like, take me around that day and make sure that I actually, like, show up to the surprise party. And I pulled into the parking lot where the party was going to be at. And I saw everybody in there. And I was like, I could just leave right now. I could just leave and say that my stomach hurts. And I was like, you know, oh, I had to go home and just not go in there. And my friend was like, please, please just go. I'll get in trouble if you don't go. <laughs> and so I went in and I'm not good at hiding how I feel. And so oh. I think everyone can see on my face that I did not want to do this. And so those, but that wasn't 16. Shortest surprise birthday party ever. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I reacted that way. I don't know why I don't like surprise Surprises. parties. Yeah. Yeah. I well, we're surprised. We're surprising Haley today. We're surprising her with the with a car. So it's not a new car, but it's it's new to her. Do you think that she's gonna cry? She will cry. Like oh wow, she will cry, which will probably will, make me cry. Chastity that's what will I was gonna cry. ask. Chastity already like. <laughs> like started tearing up. She was like, she's going to cry. And then she started crying. But then <laughs> last, last night, like it's been so hard to keep this a secret. And so last night I was like, Hey, let's go set her up and let's say, Hey, just don't get your hopes up, you know, for this great, uh -huh. awesome, you know, party because, Oh, well, not party, but we've just talked about how lately it's just been disappointments because of COVID, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not what it usually is. And, um, so I was like, let's go talk to her. And she just started smiling and I was like, you can't do it. Can you? And she's like, no, I can't do it. And I was like, you can't do it. And she just started laughing and I was like, okay, forget it. So I went in and did it and, it was fine because one day, one one birthday, we surprised Haley with a bike and she really wanted this bike. And then on the day of her birthday, she was not loving the bike that she picked out. And it was just oh. a horrible birthday, she said. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish you would have told us that. <laughs> anyway, so I was just like, now it's like, hey, don't expect too much. Well, my week 
uh, had had a big old disappointment in it, and it's a little bit of an update on what we talked about last time. Oh my gosh, I'm really nervous. I went to go see a counselor. I had mm-hmm. my first session with them, with him, and it was uh, just kind of like an intake, like, "Hey, let me get to know you. What what are you wanting to come to counseling for?" Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I had my second session, and this dude did the exact opposite of everything that Micah talked about what therapy should be in the last episode of the podcast. He did all of it wrong. I promise you, I only got to talk for five minutes and he talked the entire time. Oh my gosh, that makes me so mad. He talked all about himself. I can tell you everything about him. I can tell you about his first wife. I can tell you why they got a divorce. I can tell you about how he met his second wife. I can tell you about uh, how much he was paying on child support for his first, uh, from the child that he had from his first marriage. I can tell you about what the first fight that he had with his second wife was. I can tell you all sorts of stuff about him. I don't think he could tell you a single thing about me because like I, he was like, what do you want to talk about today? And I was like, well, this blah, 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 blah. And then it was almost like he was like in his mind, like he said this, but I bet he really meant this and went off on a crazy tangent. Why don't we start with what his name is? <laughs> I don't even, I don't, I don't, it's like Michael something. That's what I, I'll tell you okay. that. I don't remember the rest of his name. But okay. it was it was so wild. Like I wanted to talk about like relationships in general. Like when it comes to like family, friends and dating as well. I wanted to talk about that. This dude just latched on to dating and went on this like just started talking about like how like most Christian guys don't look for the right criteria when looking for someone to date. They look for, oh, are they a Christian? Then they have this long list of demands of things that they want. They miss out on all these other women that they could be dating because they're so focused on, and I'm like, this is not my, this is not my problem at all. I don't know. That's not what I told you. That's not what I said I was dealing with. And, and then, and then he, he really kept focusing on like, you know, pe- people only look for a certain type of uh, person as, as a spouse and, and, and like start like about like how attractive they are and making sure that they're attractive and how that's not really as important. And the more he talked, I wanted to jokingly say like, you have an ugly wife, right? Like just the way that he was talking was like, he was just trying to make himself feel better because he doesn't find his wife. Like it was crazy how much he hammered this point home and really focused on it, which I never mentioned anything about finding people attractive or like not that never came up from me. And then towards the end, he literally said like, now my wife isn't really large, but she's overweight. And I was like, why are you, ta- why are you out. telling me this? Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Are you sure you weren't being filmed like secretively? I hope not. I mean, I just, I mean, if I would love to see the footage because it would just be me looking very upset the entire time. Oh my gosh. Did you have to pay? I did. Well, I paid before I went in there, so I was stuck. But I will not be going back to him. So what are you going to do? Like, are you... Well, so here's the great thing. You just say, uh, hey, I have a podcast, and I want you to listen to this episode I did with one of my friends. You could learn a I, lot. 
so right after I literally walked out of the session and usually like you're, you're supposed to like set up your next appointment in the lobby. And I just like walked right past that, went out to my car and I called Micah and just like yelled to her about all my frustrations about this terrible session that I had that was like the mm. opposite of what it should be and the opposite of how like great it can be. And it was so frustrating. And I got to talk to her about it and and that really calmed me down. And then I got on my Instagram and I posted on my Instagram story all about it, talking about this guy and talking about how frustrating it was. And then I had a couple of different people reach out to me and tell me their stories about like counseling horror stories, but oh no. from people who didn't let that stop them from finding a good counselor, mm. which I feel like that was, that was really nice to hear. Of yes. like, I had this experience, it was bad, but then I did find someone that I clicked with and it was really, really great. So like mm -hmm. that, that was, if it was just everyone like, yeah, counseling's terrible, like, oh, that would not be helpful at all. But to hear from these people, it was really nice to hear. Oh man. One, one lady told me that in her first session, her therapist fell asleep. Get out. <laughs> That's what? great. And she was like, she didn't know what to do. Like, do I make a loud noise? Do I need to start talking louder? And then eventually she woke up and then just kind of sat there for a second and like just kind of had to pretend like nothing had happened and went back into it. Oh, wow. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. But again, she then found someone better. And I know that I will now find someone better. Um, like, I, I know that there is still hope. Like, I can't let this stop me from finding someone who is going to click with me. You but know? you know what, though? It makes it, it, it really upsets me that there are other people that are going to go to this guy, you yeah. know, and pay money and sit there and listen to him talk. Like, that's so sad. That's why I, I think it is so helpful to for more people to have conversations about, like, what good counseling is like, like You're the right. conversation that me and Micah had so that people know what to look for. Like, I think it would suck if someone just went to that. Like if I didn't know better and I just kept going to this guy. Right. Cause you didn't know that it should be any different than that. Yeah. Cause it was exhausting to listen to this guy talk for an hour. Like I didn't feel better at the end of this. It was like, Oh my gosh, this is like work. This is, this is yeah. not fun for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to have that conversation. I feel like more people who do go to therapy, who do go to counseling, like it, it's good to talk about it and to talk about why it's helpful and what good yeah. it's done so that people know what they should hope for and what they should expect from it, you know? I don't know. No, that's good. I, and, and now I think that there's a bigger need to publicize that or let that be known. I mean, I'm so glad you did that podcast with Micah. I mean, that's, man, you've got work to do, man. You've got work, you've got work to do. Get that message out there and we'll start with his name and then we'll finish no. with his address and we'll all show up <laughs> and we'll be like, my problem's bigger than yours, Buster. <laughs> so is there a happy ending in this? Like, have you already found the next person or are you? Here's what's really crazy. I So after that bad experience, I had a really great experience because that was on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, uh, I had to go to a medical doctor uh, to, you know, I had to find a new one up here because mm -hmm. uh, I have ADHD. And so I have an Adderall prescription and I needed to like 
find a doctor for that. And so I just went on like my insurance uh, website and was looking for like who, okay, who is covered, who's not covered. And I just like picked one at random and I ended up going to this like health facility that it turns out they do integrated care. So they, they, they focus on your mental health and your physical health in the same appointment. Wow. So like a nurse took me back into the room, asked me what I was there for. And then a mental health expert came in to like, ask me a bunch of like questions to like check up on mental health. And like, first he had to like go through the checklist of ADHD to like, you know, make sure that that, that is what I actually have. And mm. I like nailed it. Oh man, <laughs> like with all those questions, every time I answered yes, I was like, holy crap, I really do have this. <laughs> and then like, we talked about depression and anxiety and I didn't know that like that is often tied to ADHD, which makes sense that like, sure. if you can't focus, then like how that can affect your emotions. Like, I don't know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, like they went through a checklist with uh, depression and anxiety and like we were able to talk through that. And then I told him about my experience with the therapist and how terrible it was. And he was like, yeah, it should definitely not be like that. And they were like, we have a list of places that we recommend. We'll get you that paper. And then when you come back in a month, let's let's talk a little bit more about how you've been feeling with your depression and anxiety. And and then when the medical doctor came in, like it, it's all together, which is, that's so nice. That is because so good. Like, and the way they explained it was so many people, it's like, if it's not super bad, why would I waste time going to another doctor and like, like only if it's like really terrible, will I, you know, make that step. But like, this is like, it's, it's together. Like you can't ignore this part of it because if you're going to come see a medical doctor, they're going to ask you these questions about these other issues. And so y people who might not get help or realize that there is a problem are being confronted with these questions that will help them realize it when they're just going for a checkup or whatever, which like, yeah. that's genius. That's amazing. Absolutely. So that's, that's the happy ending to that story. Well, I'm glad there's a happy ending because that really, really made me mad. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was really wild, but I will not let that stop me. No, I will find a better therapist. Well, I look forward to, to hearing that, hearing about that next, next time we talk, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'll let you go. Um, I'll talk to you later. All right, Taylor. Bye, man. All right. Bye. This whole episode is going to be about mental health, specifically about depression and suicide, which I just should warn you, it's going to be a heavier topic. There are going to be parts of this interview that are pretty dark. So just warning you, I, I don't want you to turn it off. I don't want you to be afraid of that because the other thing I need to tell you about this interview is that I debated how to edit it. Uh, this is a conversation that I had with my really good friend, Brianna Watkins, who I have known for a very long time. We met in college. We have stayed friends and we have had a lot of conversations in class and outside of class about ministry uh, about a lot of different aspects of what it is to be a Christian. And these conversations often are both fun and funny at times, but also not afraid to get serious and get heavier. 
And so I debated how to edit this interview because there are parts that are funny, that we joke around, that we break the tension by making each other laugh. And then we also will then get back into the serious parts. And so I was like, do I need to cut out the jokes? Do I need to cut out the silly parts and just leave the serious parts? But then I figured, no, I, I think it's important to leave both of them in because this is a real representation of how we actually handle these conversations. And this is a conversation that is going to be incredibly personal for Brianna. This is a story that she is sharing. And so I think it's important to note that like, yes, I said that we do joke around and there is humor, but also pay attention to the fact that I let Brianna lead the way on when we do joke around. It's not me trying to like make myself feel more comfortable and like pushing down her being serious with a joke. It's not me, to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be in control of that. I let her lead the way. And so if we get serious pretty quickly, you know, a couple of minutes in, okay, great, let's go there. And then if she cracks a joke, I will go there with her as well because this, this is her being vulnerable and I want to respect that and I want to follow her lead, which I feel like that's, that's the important thing to do. We don't have to be afraid of these conversations or hearing somebody's story because, you know, oftentimes we just think like, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do. And I think it's a good rule of thumb to follow the other person's lead. And yes, there are going to be exceptions of that. Yes, there are going to be times where someone is like joking too much and making light of a story. And you can tell that, oh, you're doing this because you don't want to admit how serious this really is. And that's, that's the exception, and that's going to happen. And it takes wisdom to pay attention to that. So I, anyways, I just wanted to, I wanted to leave the conversation pretty much as is, as we had it, as a, as a real representation of this is how we talk, and maybe this is how you and your friends will talk when you have these serious conversations, and that's okay. But if you're the one listening, let the other person lead the way. So this is me and my friend Brianna Watkins uh, having a very, I, I really enjoyed this conversation that we got to have about mental health, about depression, and the experience that she had uh, relating to suicide. So I, I hope you enjoy. Brianna? I I have to just say up front, I have trained myself not to say your name. Yeah, it's kind of weird hearing you say it regular. I know. I I practiced on the way over here because Why? in college there was a Brianna, which was you, and there was a Brianna. And I feel like I called you Brianna. No, I called you Brianna like three times. Okay, you say this that I got like You didn't get like angry. It's <laughs> but I like got so scared about getting it wrong. That I just then just called you Brana. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just kind of mumble it. But it doesn't feel right for you to say Brianna. Brianna. No. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you literally, and you usually were in a setting where you're yelling it. Yeah. So it's not normally just like subtle. It's. I thought that I was getting away with it. Because so I don't just do that with you. I've had to do that at a church event where they asked me to host like a talent show open mic. And yeah. there was a dude's name that I did not know how to pronounce. <laughs> and I just like, 
if I just scream mumble it and just like bah, 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 bah. so this is a thing you do <laughs> but like when he got on stage he was like my name and mm. he like said his name because he get, it was obvious that Listen. I didn't even try so we met in college we did what was your major you know <laughs> is that not a good question to ask I feel like did you graduate no I did okay it, but it was church ministries uh-huh and I feel like that's the major that people pick when they don't know what else to pick. Mm-hmm. So originally I was counseling, but then I was like, that's a lot of school and a lot of things. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, I'll just do church ministries. And then I did. Then why were you in so many theater classes? Well, because I minored in theater. Oh. I don't know why. That's a weird, yeah. Okay. I don't need your judgment across the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's because I just liked it. It was fun. Okay. I think, yeah. In church ministries, you had a certain amount of that was like, take random classes to go towards your degree. It was a real hodgepodge of, look, just take a bunch of stuff. We'll call it church ministries. Basically. So what was your major? (sighs) See, do you even remember? I do. (laughs) Did you graduate? Because it was... Before they changed it to a theater degree, I have a drama degree. What do you do with that drama <laughs> degree? <laughs> Nothing. I don't. You live in a van. That's what oh, you do. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, it was a drama degree. I have a degree in drama. Why do you have to say it like that? Drama. <laughs> I don't know because it sounds embarrassing. That sounds like not real. Like. What, so what's the correct term for it? That would theater would be theater would be. Can yeah. you just tell people? It's, do you tell people it's theater? Uh, do people ask? No, yeah, I do. I mostly just tell people theater. I just <laughs> okay. say, oh, I got a degree in theater. Because, um, yeah, I'm not going to say drama. Do you regret that choice? Is theater something that you wish you would have majored in? Uh, I do wish that I had I like how I'm interviewing in you. I know. Yeah, stop. <laughs> I wish that I had gotten something else. But, like, at the same time, I, I didn't know. I feel like if I could go back to school now, like if I, I felt this way in like when I turned 26, 27, like, Oh, I finally understand how to go to school now. Like, I feel like I've finally learned how to read a book, how to take notes on stuff, how to do research, how to write, how to ask good questions, all yeah. these things that I didn't know about or care about when I was 18, 19, 20. Well, Cause did you feel like you were winging it too? Like all the time? Well, I didn't want to go to college to begin with. Mm. And so I was just like, they are against my will. <laughs> And just mad about it the entire time. I remember. I remember Mad Taylor. Yeah, mad, sad, quiet Taylor. I do. That was a, that was over ten years ago. Stop. What it Bring is? Bringing that up. I'm very old. I also have gray hairs. Do you? But I like them. Uh, and okay. I wish it would all go gray because I think it's really cool. You know they have like things called hair dye that you no, can. No, I want it all to be natural. I've never dyed my hair. Uh, but yeah, I've got like a few little guys. I feel like you would really take pride in like calling yourself something like, Oh, I'm a silver Fox. I'm Taylor. Johnson. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> just like, hi, right, nice to meet you. Silver Fox, Taylor Johnson. Okay. That is something you would do. You get like business cards that say Taylor Johnson, <laughs> silver Fox. Okay. You know what? Think, I'm sold on this. I think that's a restaurant. Silver Fox or an inappropriate place. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Brianna. Always visits the silver box. No, no, doesn't visit. Drives by on the highway. (laughs) Prays over Uh, it. Yep. Uh, Were you involved in youth ministry in college, or was it until was it after college that you 
It was in college. So all the way through college. Oh, I was all involved. the way through? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I always... Because now you and your husband are youth pastors yes. uh, in Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, and so youth ministry has been a part of your life for a long time. Yes. I Probably since I was 19. I've always known I wanted to be in the ministry, but probably not more youth ministry oriented until yeah. um, I was like 19. And I did rec crew at camp. And it was kind of just which I don't know, kind of goes deep really fast, but there was basically a kid who had an asthma attack and passed away. I just heard Do about that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. So that no, was last, it was like two nights ago was the first time was I ever heard about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So I was there and it was 2011, I think. No, that can't be right. 2010. One of the, it doesn't matter. But anyways, um, they brought us like all into a room the next day and we were like, who's getting fired? Like we, it was serious. And I remember, um, John Catron at the time, he said that this kid had died, but he said he died with his youth pastor holding him. And he literally said this, and it was like the it, the moment that changed like everything for me. He said, the last thing that kid saw was a youth pastor fighting for his life. And I was like, oh, oh and I remember just being wrecked for it. Like it wrecked me so bad. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that is a lot. It's a lot, but that was kind of the moment that I was like, man, that's what I want to do. Like I want, I want to fight for students' lives and it was cool. It was really cool. Man, I do. I really like that image of like, that is what youth ministry is. Yeah. Spiritually for sure. Yeah. And like, that is like a huge part of <laughs> discipleship. Yeah. Because that's what, okay. I'm like real annoyed more and more lately with like the focus on leadership yes. that every church has yes, because leadership feels very impersonal mm -hmm. and it feels very like focused on, I, I wish I could figure out a way how to tweet this because apparently I think that it would be the greatest tweet in the world. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like so proud of the thought, but like it feels like a lot of churches have stopped trying to reach people and just started trying to reach demographics. Yes. And it's, it's about like what this person represents. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you're, you're a person in your twenties. We need more people in the twenties mm -hmm. in our church, but less about like that person has a name, that person has an identity, Yeah. which like, so when we think of like pastors as leaders, it becomes very impersonal when like the Bible says that we're shepherds, Yeah. like that's what you are and yeah. leading is involved in that. But there's like caring for there's mm -hmm. guiding there's helping you know you've your sheep are dumb and they like fall in a ditch and like yeah you get down in the dirt to help them and like it's it's a much more personal thing yeah and like that image that that is a perfect representation of just how personal it can be yeah and i think anytime i kind of you know lose sight of what i'm doing or get distracted by those things that don't really matter i always have to go back to that moment and go, I want students, my husband and I, to walk alongside these students and just, I mean, a lot of them, for real, like spiritually, they're struggling. And I want them to see me and my husband fighting for them, that we're intentional with them and that we care about them. And yeah, so that's just, that's the big, big heart. And I think it is a lot about ministry now. It's about developing other leaders. So a lot of times it makes you look good too. You know what I'm saying? Like if this yeah. person's successful, then like, oh, good job me, you know? And right, it's right, right. not so much about people are hurting. Let's, you know, help them. Like, I don't know. Almost like, a, yeah, a very, you you can 
teach someone a lot of tricks to be like a flashy leader, yeah. but they can still have like a lot of sin or a lot of issues or a lot of like anger problems, a lot yeah. of stuff like under the surface. Mm-hmm. And like that is more the role of discipleship and like yeah. sanctification of, of the process of the spirit, um, you know, growing the fruit inside of them, um, which is like a deeper and more difficult thing. Yeah. Uh, were you involved in youth ministry in college or was it until, was it after college that you? It was in college. So all the way through college, I was all the way through. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always, because now you and your husband are youth pastors Yes. uh, in Texas. Uh Uh, and so youth ministry has been a part of your life for a long time. Yes. I probably since I was. 19. I've always known I wanted to be in the ministry, but probably not more youth ministry oriented until I was like 19. And I did rec crew at camp and it was kind of just, which I don't know, kind of goes deep really fast, but there was basically a kid who had an asthma attack and passed away. I just heard Do about that. Do you remember that? that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that no, was last, it was like two nights ago was the first time was I ever talking heard about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So I was there and it was 2011, I think. No. That can't be right. 2010. One of the, it doesn't matter. But anyways, um, they brought us like all into a room the next day and we were like, who's getting fired? Like we, it was serious. And I remember, um, John Catron at the time, he said that this kid had died, but he said he died with his youth pastor holding him. And he literally said this and it was like the, the moment that changed like everything for me. He said, the last thing that kid saw was a youth pastor fighting for his life. And I was like, (sighs) Oh, and I remember just being wrecked for it. Like it wrecked me so bad. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? Ah, that is a lot. It's a lot. But that was kind of the moment that I was like, man, that's what I want to do. Like I want, I want to fight for students' lives. And it was cool. It was really cool. And from then to now, Mm -hmm. I'm sure like you have had a lot of, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how to word this mm-hmm. I, from then to now. You've probably had like a lot of experiences with kids where they open up about things in their life. Yeah, for that sure. They have gone through that. You have been able to like help walk them through. Yeah. Um, because so I, I wanted to talk to you specifically about uh, a thing. No, I don't even know if that's how I want to bring this up. That feels weird. <laughs> you do whatever. I, I keep like coughing though. <laughs> Man, I do. I really like that image of like that is what youth ministry is. Yeah, spiritually for sure. Yeah, and like that is like a huge part of discipleship. Yeah, because that's what. Okay, I'm like real annoyed more and more <laughs> lately with like the focus on leadership yes. that every church has. Yes, because leadership feels very impersonal mm-hmm. and it feels very like focused on. I, I wish I could figure out a way how to tweet this. Because apparently I think that it would be the greatest tweet in the world. I don't know why I'm like so proud of the thought. But like it feels like a lot of churches have stopped trying to reach people and just started trying to reach demographics. Yes. And it's it's about like what this person represents. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're you're a person in your twenties. We need more people in the twenties mm-hmm. in our church, but less about like that person has a name, that person has an identity. Yeah. Which like so when we think of like pastors as leaders, it becomes very impersonal when like the Bible says that we're 
shepherds. Yeah. Like that's what you are. And yeah. leading is involved in that, but there's like caring for, there's mm-hmm. guiding, there's helping, you know, you've, your sheep are dumb and they like fall in a ditch and like yeah. you get down in the dirt to help them. And like, it's, it's a much more personal thing. Yeah. And like that image that that is a perfect representation of just how personal it can be. Yeah, and I think anytime I kind of, you know, lose sight of what I'm doing or get distracted by those things that don't really matter, I always have to go back to that moment and go, I want students, my husband and I, to walk alongside these students and just, I mean, a lot of them, for real, like spiritually, they're struggling. And I want them to see me and my husband fighting for them, that we're intentional with them and that we care about them. And yeah, so that's just, that's the big, big heart. And I think it is a lot about ministry now. It's about developing other leaders. So a lot of times it makes you look good too. You know what I'm saying? Like if this person's successful, then like, oh, good job me, you know? And it's not so much about people are hurting. Let's, you know, help them. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Almost like, yeah, a very... You you can teach someone a lot of tricks to be like a flashy leader, yeah. but they can still have like a lot of sin or a lot of issues or a lot of like anger problems, a lot yeah. of stuff like under the surface. Mm-hmm. And like that is more the role of discipleship and like yeah. sanctification of, of the process of the spirit, um, you know, growing the fruit inside of them, um, which is like a deeper and more difficult thing. Yeah. I what, like... Okay, so vulnerability is like my big topic that I love to talk about. Yes. Uh, that I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it's something that like really resonates with you. That yeah. it seems like really important to you as well. Yeah. Um, has that always been the case? With youth or myself? Uh, both. Yes. <laughs> Whichever well, way think, you want to answer first. I think at the beginning... I don't know. Like, I feel like vulnerability has, I can't even talk vulnerability has been something that's become more and more necessary. Um, I think I'm learning just, I think at the beginning for me, it was about doing right or wrong or things like that. But I think now coming more into the vulnerability, I can't, can you change the word? (laughs) 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 I'm being vulnerable that this word is hard for me to say. (laughs) Um, just like open and honest. Yes. Okay. Open and honest. Being open and honest. There but I go. feel like it's not your brand. I feel like I'm messing it up. I don't care about my brand. Being more open and honest is so much more. It's so needed now. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. And I think especially, I don't want to talk about social media. I don't want to get there, but I think it's very important and needed. So I think I, I've grown more into seeing how important and necessary it is in church settings. So one of the major things that I wanted to talk to you about, like dealing with vulnerability or Mm -hmm. being open and honest, uh, because a lot of the times when I go to churches and I talk about this topic, one of the biggest things that comes up is mental health, Mm -hmm. uh, because I talk about my own um, uh, journey with that, with depression and anxiety and, and, and not wanting to talk about that and having it lead to having suicidal thoughts. Uh, and so like students or adults even, uh, will open up and talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've talked to a lot of people who have experienced what I've experienced of, right. I've been there, I've had those thoughts, I've been close or I have attempted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 
I don't think I've really had that many conversations with people who've had a suicide in their family. Right. Which you have. Yes. Um, who, who was it in your life? So it was my aunt on my mom's side. It's actually her twin sister. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of crazy in that, but yeah, she, it was back in 2000. It was the year Thomas and I got married. So 2014. So. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's recenter. <laughs> That's not a good word, but yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like when you were like a, a teenager. Oh or no, like it was like I was a I was an adult. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, mm -hmm. was it like completely out of nowhere, like a complete shock uh, <sighs> to everybody in the family? Yes and no. Um, there's a lot that you find out kind of after the after the fact that you're like. Okay. It was always kind of a dark situation. Mm -hmm. Um, she lived with my grandmother and when she did, it was just not a good situation. Um, they would kind of sleep all the time. Sometimes she would give my grandmother like sleeping pills. So she would have to deal with her. Like it was, oh, I mean, wow. it was a pretty like bad situation. Um, <clears throat> and so it was kind of one of those things, but we didn't really go over to their house as much because it was weird. Like we yeah. would go and, we wouldn't know, would they be awake? Would they be normal? Would they, so I mean, it's always been kind of a weird situation. Um, not always. I remember a time when my aunt was, um, I don't want to say the word normal. I don't know how you say it, but just more seemed appeared to be more happy in herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, who knows what she was struggling behind closed doors then. But, um, I remember her, you know, always being a part of my life growing up. I mean, she was my mom's twin. And so it's just crazy. Identical um, twin or just fraternal. Okay. I, okay. You'll appreciate this. Their names. You ready for this? Uh oh. <laughs> I can't make this up. Angie Gwen, Tangie Lynn. Like it is. And if you ask, okay, you need my grandmother, Mabel, you, I, you need to interview her. This is for real. We asked her, did you name Tan, who did you name first? And she goes, well, I only thought there was one. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so she was like surprised when the other one was born, but she said that she named Tangie first. So I said, wait, so Tangie was the one you had picked out. It wasn't like <laughs> you had Angie picked out. Then, oh, I need something to rhyme with. No, it was the opposite. So it's so weird, but they're fraternal. So Tangie and then they're like, what do you name a number two? And she was like, what do you mean number two? <laughs> well, she didn't know uh -oh. the nurse named her. Take so, no, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, because my grandma was like, I only thought there was one. And she's like, Tangie. And the and nurse was like, what about Angie? So Angie Gwen, Tangie Lynn, this is for real. And it so that's the <laughs> nurse's fault. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know. It's kind of Mabel's fault because she picked Tangie first. And my mom was always like, thank goodness I'm not Tangie because like <laughs> people would call her like Tangerine. Like, I yeah. mean, there could be worse things than being called Tangerine, but. Wow. Yeah. So they're twins. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard. I know on my mom now because it's like every birthday yeah. you're used to celebrating with your twin sibling your whole life and now it's just i think birthdays have become more painful for her because of that so yeah yeah well uh, how did you find out oh man i don't know how in depth you want to go i mean i'm willing to like Wh whatever you're willing to <laughs> okay. say so i knew that my aunt had struggled with depression um at that time our family hadn't really talked about that word it wasn't a word we really talked about we didn't talk about anxiety things like that and then I just knew that my mom said, you know, Tangie struggled with depression and things like that. And 
So didn't really know. was it like like before it was given a word? Was mm-hmm. it just kind of <clears> like, <throat> oh, she's in a mood, or was it just kind of like talked around, or not really ever? I don't really remember. I, like I said, I just remember it being weird going over there and yeah. it being like a dark feeling. Um, yeah. But not not really ever the word depressed. I don't remember. It could have been. but um, Was it not until <clears throat> after she passed that it yeah, kind of like that everyone it kind was of, like... Yeah. Our family, we didn't really discuss it. And then um, we just knew going over there was kind of like a weird thing. And then uh, my mom's a nurse. And so she oh. would go over there a lot to check on my grandmother and stuff and it was just it was hard like it was just weird but the day that I found out about it was actually kind of just like a very heavy scary way um because like I said my aunt lived with my grandmother and uh we I had just graduated from college and so I was back at my parents house for a little bit till I figure out what I was doing and they middle of the night police come and knock on my parents door and uh, I didn't really hear it. I didn't know about it till afterwards, but I guess they had uh, opened the door. My parents opened the door and they were like, you know, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Tangi is not alive. And um, they said that she killed herself. <clears throat> didn't really say how, I don't think in detail at that point. Um, but all I remember, and I don't know why my dad came to me first because I had another sister and I don't know if my brother was home at the time. He might've been at school. I don't know. But my dad came in my room and he was just like, we've got to go. Um, Tangie killed herself. And I remember just like in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night. And so I remember just sitting up being like, what? Like there's no, what? And it just didn't register. It didn't click for me. I guess that it really happened. Um, and it was in a pretty, pretty violent way come to find out. And it was hard on my parents because I don't know if it's this situation every time, but they kind of like depend on the family to kind of like get the stuff and clean stuff up. And it was oh. kind of, it was in a violent way. She used a gun um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> on herself and my grandmother was in the house, but I don't, I don't know that my grandma fully comprehends what happened or if, I don't know, but she was in the house at the time and it was pretty, um, it was pretty thought out cause she had letters written and bank account numbers written and just like, everything laid out. So this was definitely pre-planned. It wasn't something that was like spur of the moment, you know, whatever. Um, and I think my mom struggles with like the day before Tangie was asking her to come over and like bring them food. And my mom was like, well, I can't today. And my mom just keeps thinking, what if she wanted to do it then and was trying to get me over there? So I would find her not mom. But I, the question I want to ask first is, did you get a letter? No. I okay. did not. Um, I'm not sure who got, got letters. Um, I don't know if it was just to like her siblings and yeah. uh, my mom. And I don't know. But well, not me. Oh. But bank account stuff was there. So, which is, I don't know. That's <laughs> so crazy. weird. Isn't that crazy to think about? <clears throat> so yeah. it makes me think like how long was she planning this? How long was this thought out? Yeah. So I think there was a point a few years back where she talked about maybe killing herself which I did not know at the time and my dad came over and like she owned a gun and my dad came over and got it got the gun um and so this I think this is not the first time that this has kind of been a discussion so, so like so I don't have that many experiences with someone close to me passing away and, and most of the experiences that I do have are like someone 
has an illness that has been slowly taking their life for years. Yeah. And like, I always say like, like, especially with my dad, when he died, it was more like slowly letting air out of a balloon over a period of time. So when it was finally fully deflated, it wasn't as traumatic of a moment right. instead of like other people who were, it's just like, if you take a pin to a balloon and pop it and it's mm -hmm. loud and messy and, and, and so I, I don't, I, I don't even know what that would feel like, like just the aftermath of that, mm -hmm. of like how, like, what do you do all day? Like, what do you like, um, with, with it being something that kind of like wasn't really spoken of mm -hmm. beforehand w was, <clears throat> were people like open about it with each other in the immediate aftermath? I don't think immediate. Um, I think it took a while for conversations to happen. Um, because then, you know, we started talking about, you know, after that, you know, my brother really struggled with her death. He was really close with her. And, um, you know, he talks about how he kind of struggled with his own, you know, moments of depression. And I, you know, went through my season of depression and anxiety really bad um, where I like couldn't get out of bed for a day. So I feel like it almost, and I remember going to a counselor when I was struggling with depression and walking through that season, um, where I, I remember sitting down with a counselor and bringing up the word depressed and it like, I, it just shook me to my core. Cause I was like, it somehow categorized me with her and with oh. what she did. Like, and I was, because I've always, I mean, you know me for a while, like I've always been really outgoing and you know, I'm just, my personality has always been that way. And so to, to sit in a room and to go, hold on a second, I'm using the same word that was used to describe her. Like yeah. it just, it messed with me. Like, I don't know. And not, I never got to the point where I wanted to take my own life, but I was in a really dark, dark place. Yeah. Um, and so I think too, even then my mom as a parent, you know, cause she would watch my aunt and it was just so hard for her. She was like, I don't understand why you just can't get out of bed. Like, I don't understand. And she wasn't being mean, but she's just like, I don't understand it. And if you have never gone through depression or anxiety like that, it's very hard to understand. Cause you think, Oh, something happened to cause it. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it just is. And yeah. you know that I think that going with that with my mom and her sister helped her be a parent to her children. Now who it, it was like her death and dealing with that opened up us being able to be open and vulnerable about vulnerable open and honest <laughs> kills me <laughs> about things that we went through. So. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, sometimes there is no clear trigger, but e even the times when there is a lot of times people seem to think like, just flip the switch. Like, yes. just like, just it, turn that just off. Get it together. Yeah. Yes. And like something that you can kind of just like make happen really quickly. I wish that was the case. Uh, yeah. That would be real <laughs> Wouldn't great. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took, it took a lot for me and just, um, lots of counseling and, um, God moments to make that, to get better. So w it wasn't really until, so how far after, <clears throat> um, your aunt, was your season of depression? 
pretty quickly after. So she um, committed suicide in January of 2014. Uh, my husband and I got married in October 2014. So, and it was pretty quickly after we got married um, that I really dealt with it. I didn't have a job at the time, and so I was home a lot. Yeah. And I think it just really was a mix of things. So, and you said it wasn't until you were with the counselor like that that the word depressed yes. came up. So, like, what made you decide to go to the counselor in the first place? Uh, I mean, my husband was a big encourager because I mean he's incredible and you know helped as much as he could. But again, someone trying to take on, um when someone's dealing with depression, like trying to like just constantly help and be there. Um, yeah. it was hard. And it was one of those things where he was kind of like, I want you to go. If you want to go, we'll make it happen. And he goes, and then I would like to go to a couple sessions with you so I can maybe understand it better. Um, and so that was kind of, he was kind of a big encouragement cause he was sitting there watching his wife, like lay in bed day in and day out and not be able to get up and do anything. And, yeah. Just, I mean, that's hard on a newly married couple. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, and then what about like with your mom? Like, was there a moment when you first told her, like, I think I'm depressed? Uh, yes, but I don't remember when. And yeah. that was really hard for her. It was hard for her because I think in the back of her mind, she gets scared. Like, yeah. is this going to happen to my kids? Like, I've already gone through this once with my sister. Is this, you know, are my kids going to struggle to it with it to that extent? So it was hard for her. And then what, like, I'm sure in the years of youth ministry, you've had kids who have been depressed or even as far as to say, like, suicidal. Yes. Like, what, what is that like to be, to be on that side of it? To be on that side of it? Well, I think, I don't know. I, it's hard because even then, like, you, you empathize with them and you go, I know, like, I know how it feels. Um, and you wish you could say, do steps one, two, three, and it'll magically go away. And yeah. it's not that. It's a different process for everybody. Um, but I think being on the other side of it, it gives me hope to look at students and go, I know this is hard, but I also know that it can get better. Um, and so that's a big thing. But yeah, definitely students, they're dealing with it a lot. It's more of a, a norm now for them to be dealing with that than than not. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had cases of a student dealing with that and you guys having to like talk to parents and the parents not necessarily being as open to believing that it's a real issue? Not necessarily. We haven't really had parents that, that feel that way. Like if yeah. anytime we've had to meet with parents, they, you know, they take it seriously and you know, what can we do? Um, you know, and just trying to connect them with, counselors and the right tools to walk through that season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, what was your aunt's funeral like? Oh man. You know, it's weird and awkward. It is because it's like normally in a funeral, you're celebrating someone's life. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you're still celebrating life, but it's got a, it's just got this dark thing where even the pastors trying not to say the words killed themselves or suicide. Yeah. And you can tell that there's this 
elephant in the room and we're all just skirting around it. And, you know, there's not a casket. There's not, you know, whatever, because it's just, it was a violent death. And I actually sang at her funeral, which is... Did you really? I did, which is crazy. Um, Broke down like halfway through it because I was like, this is nuts. Why am I up here right now? (laughs) But... What did you sing? Uh, that song. I think it's Hillsong United. Soon and very soon. I think it's just called Soon, but it's like Soon and very soon, my King is coming. I will be with the one I love. Like I don't know. It's just a. It's oh, a man. beautiful song, but yeah. I was not in the place to. But even that was weird because it's like, I don't know. It was just a weird thing. Why was it weird? It was weird because I don't know if my aunt knew Jesus, and that's like a that that hurts more than anything is going, you know, Yeah, I don't know. Cause there's the debate on, Oh, if you kill yourself to you go to heaven, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I think I, I'm like, I'm not going to say like, Oh, you did that. So you don't go to, I don't know. I don't know the theology on that. I'm even getting into that, but I think it's more just, she, I don't think she knew Jesus. And so it's just like, not only is it like, you're talking about someone's life who may not know the Lord. Um, but you're talking about someone's life who, took their own life. And so just the funeral, it was hard. It was a weird, weird funeral (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Like that's what I I can't imagine. uh, Like I've only spoke at, I've spoke at three funerals, but they've Mm -hmm. all been like people I know really well. Mm -hmm. So like pastors who have to speak at funerals where one, they just like don't know the person. And that was the case too. Was it really? Yeah. I don't think she, I don't think he knew her that well. So he doesn't know her. And on top of that, it's a suicide. Yeah, and he doesn't really know our family, you know? So it's like, it was just kind of a weird thing, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, so, that's got to be so tough. Yeah. It's almost like... Because what do you say? Did you, like, so wait, did your friends know? Mm, like, did you talk to your friends about it? Close friends, yes. Close friends knew about it. Um, How did they handle that? I mean, they were just like, you know, we love you, we're here for you, but what do you do? Like, I mean, yeah. what do you say? Like, you know, cause it's not something we went and like broadcasted like, Hey, my aunt killed herself. Like, you know, it yeah. was, it was a very, I wouldn't say the word private. Um, but it was just, I don't know what word I would use for it, but I feel like private makes uh, sense. Yeah. It was a, it was a close, um, I don't know. Cause it, and that's a weird thing too, again, because normally, you know, in this day and age, someone dies, they post on Facebook, man, I'm going to miss you. Grandpa, I'm going to miss you. Like we didn't say anything because, it was just a weird way that it happened. And it was, I don't know. So every now and then like people will be like, Oh, I miss you or post a picture of her on her birthday and stuff. Her son um, will do that. But I don't know how to talk about this without just sounding angry, but that's usually how I sound (laughs) when I talk about most things that I'm passionate about. But like I waited a while to post about when my dad died. Yes. And when I did, I got all sorts of dumb responses from dumb people. I don't know that well. Because other people are so uncomfortable with death that yes. they want to say something to that makes them feel better about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Or it just really reveals whatever it is that their issue with death is. Yes. Like a guy messaging me that I do not, I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. I don't know how we're friends on Facebook. And he's just like, you never get over the death of a parent. It'll just be with you forever. And you'll just learn how to deal with it. And I was like, even if that's true, why are you telling me that the week after he died? That's not helpful. You're like, that is not what I need to hear right now. Exactly. Or like, you know, people who could just like, 
you know, I mean, like you said, like there is that mystery and that struggle of mm -hmm. you don't know your aunt's relationship with Christ yeah. at, at any point. Yeah. Um, and, and it would be really easy for some people to want to make you feel better by just being like, yeah. and and she's with the Lord. And you're like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I totally understand wanting to like protect yourself from that. Mm -hmm. and, and it's good that it sounds like your close friends they knew. weren't trying to fix you. No. Through and it. I mean, I think in, in hard situations like that, you know, people just need somebody to go, hey, I know you're there for me if I need you. I don't need you to say a bunch of, you know, stuff just to say it. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I have friends that did not do that. They were just like, I mean, what do you need? Like, you know, and that's, and I'm like, I don't even know, <laughs> but yeah. I know that you, if I need something, you're there. And that's a huge thing. So if I figure out what I need, I'll let you know, but I don't know yet. So. Yeah. Uh, what about like with like, mm, uh, what about like with, Wait, so there's three of you siblings? You have a, four. Four of us. Four of us. There's four of you guys. Did like watching your mom lose a sister mm -hmm. make you guys all kind of look at each other differently? It did me for sure. Really? I mean, I can't speak for them, but it did for me. Like, I don't know, just losing a sibling because um, all of us are really close. Yeah. And so I'm just like. Have you always been close? Uh, yes. There's kind of age differences between us. Like, uh, Logan and I are six years apart. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, but him and I were, we played sports. So we related over that. My sisters are older. Um, but now that we're all adults, we're all really close. Um, but I think just the age gap, the natural thing growing up, we weren't, we were close, but not like, yeah, let's hang out all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, were you, were you privy to like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you gave me a look when I said privy and I like, before I came out of my mouth, I was like, pick a different word. This is not a word that <laughs> no, you No, no, I want you to finish saying it with the word privy. Were you privy to your brother's struggle right after? Okay. Privy? Like... Were you aware of? Okay. okay. I wasn't privy to that information. I feel like well, that's... Well, privy sounds really fancy, and I don't know where you learned that word. I know. <laughs> it sounds like a cuss word. Where'd you learn that word? <laughs> well, I just wasn't privy. expecting that. I don't know. Maybe it was like something... It does make you seem a little... You set up taller when you said privy. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable now that I've said it, and I'll never say it again. Were you aware I'm going to name my next child privy. <laughs> Please don't. Privy, I don't know what the middle word middle name. If you if they're twins, it's privy and Mivy. Privy and Mivy. Bivy. Privy and Rivy, I guess. Rivy. Take one letter off. I don't kind of like Civy. Privy and Civy. Are you Privy Watkins? <laughs> Why does that sound good? I don't know. I'm really into this now. Privy Watkins. Thomas, if you're listening, Privy Watkins. <laughs> Get ready, 2022. I don't know. I'm just prophesying. Um, what if I told you? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, gosh. Stop the recording. I'm not, but it'd be funny. Okay. Um, Were you aware of uh, your brother? Like, like, were you watching each other deal with this death? Uh, I don't know that I really knew about my brothers until after the math. After the math? <laughs> 
No. <laughs> Get to do a lot of editing. No, it's good. It's so good. Keep it all. <laughs> I mean, I got to keep vulnerability because that was very funny. <laughs> oh, man. Do you need to ask me again? Um, I can't get it together now because you said privy. And just, uh, okay. Were you aware of? Uh, I can't. <laughs> All right. Take five. Hold on. Were you aware of uh, like what your brother was going through? Like the way that he was processing um, your aunt or like were you guys like watching each other almost like? aware of how each other was I don't think at the time I knew how bad he was struggling but again she died in January and I got married in October and so I you know moved out I wasn't around we live like an hour away now um and so I don't think it was till afterwards you know him kind of sharing that he struggled with it that I really knew how bad he was struggling with it yeah yeah and and like Apart from mental health, yeah. like there, there are so many things that like that that people are dealing with around us that we just we don't know until we know. Yeah, and and the way that we act, the way that we listen, mm-hmm. the way that we pay attention, could be the thing that yeah saves a life or pulls someone out of a terrible situation that they're in. Well, it's interesting to me that you use the analogy of like the balloon with your dad and just like slowly letting out helium because I, it, it almost, it it is similar. Like, and yeah, it it is like a, when someone does something you don't expect, like I didn't expect her to take her life, yeah but it also was that same thing of that balloon of just watching the struggle of, you know, overtaking pain medication or doing things like exactly what you said. Like, I mean, we've got to pay attention and we've got to see people where they are and watch that balloon deflating yeah and before it pops you know like because i i feel like you know with your dad like it was deflating and then it got to deflate but i feel like what you said it's deflating and then someone like it just pops in the middle and it's not done yet and it's not supposed to be done yet and it is and but it has that same feel to it of just i'm watching this happen and I, i don't even think i comprehended it at the time but now it's just crazy and and i think having having the language to be able to put on it of of depression yeah and and having like a clear understanding of what that is yeah um like it is so great that we talk about it so much more now yeah um so that it can be more recognizable in the people in our lives yeah because it's it's people struggle with it more than i think people realize yeah i don't know like I said, I feel like it's more, which is sad and hard, but I feel like it's a norm now, like for people to be struggling with depression in some form. Yeah. So. Well, this is a sad ending. <laughs> you don't know how to end it? Not really. Uh, thank you <laughs> for being here today. For talking to me about this. Do you want to try to say vul- vulnerability one more time? Vulner- vulner- vulnerability? Vulnerability. Is it because it's with a U? Vol, yeah. Vol, but say I want to say vulnerable. <laughs> this is the dumbest. Voldemort. I'm so mad. You can't say that, can you? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen Harry Potter. Is that? Is oh, that, really? Or is that Lord of the Rings? No, that's Harry Potter. Okay, people are gonna. Someone hate me. told me the Someone's, other day they're gonna turn off this podcast right now because I just said that. Uh, somebody told me the other day. I don't know if they'll ever listen to this. They told me that for the longest time, 
Do you, you know Lord of the Rings? Do I've you know, never seen it. Do you know anything about it? Yeah. You know Gandalf? Yeah. Somebody told me that they would get Gant for the longest time. They thought Gandalf and Moses were the same person. I mean, <laughs> they both have a beard. They both have a staff. I c- I could see it. Uh, I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. That they were the same. They were similar. And this is a grown adult. And they're very funny. And uh, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this that I'm outing you. But I'm not saying your name. But you did think Moses and Gandalf were the same person. And that is so funny. <laughs> to call them out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you, Brianna. Brianna. Thank you for Brianna for being here. I feel like this is not a good way to end. I do, it isn't. I'll fade up. Music will fade up. So and wait, we're over. just done. Yeah, this is it. I feel like we have. Yeah, we had like nice. I don't need to say thoughts. anything inspirational at the end. <laughs> no, people are people are depressed everywhere. That's that's what we end with. That's how it ends. That's what people need to know. Do you have something inspiring that you want to say? Everyone's struggling with depression. But okay, uh, no, let's go back to um, pay attention. Go back to what you said at the beginning of uh the 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 kid who passed away from asthma. Yeah. The last thing he saw was fight a youth pastor fighting for his life. Yeah. And like it shouldn't just be youth pastors. It should mm-hmm. be all Christians. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Like that we we all have that ministry assignment mm-hmm. to to be that for people. Yeah, and I think it's we've got to be careful as the church not to do so much stuff that we're missing people and yeah. fill our services with so much stuff that we don't have time to see people and connect with people. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do you do small groups on a Sunday morning? I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just like, I think it. I, I love what you said about just it's not just youth pastors fighting for lives. Like it should be all Christians. Like we need to see people and we need to see people hurting and I don't know. That's it. You can't fight for people mm-hmm. until you can see people. Ooh, tweet that. And that's tweet the end that. of the interview. Thank you, Brana, for being here. <laughs> Thank you, Privy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's over. So there's not going to be a bit at the end of this episode. There's not going to be like a story time or like some silly thing because it just kind of felt like after that conversation to then cut to me and someone else and we're telling a story about like, oh, the time that a squirrel bit my butt. Like that didn't feel right. And so instead to end this episode, I wanted to let you guys know that September is National Suicide Prevention Month. And actually this week, the week that this episode comes out, is National Suicide Prevention Week. I don't know why there's a week and a month. I don't know. But that's that's what it is. And so this would be a great week to... I don't know what to do. I mean, obviously, I think it's important to talk about this stuff. If you've dealt with it in the past, I think it's important to share your story. If you were struggling right now, I think it's important 
to find who is the person that I can trust with this because there are going to be people that you can trust. I think that if you feel like there's no one in your life who is dealing with this and this is so foreign to you, maybe this would be a good week to read some stuff about it. Read some statistics because the stats are wild in America for adults and for teenagers on how many suicides there are a year, how many attempts there are a year. It's, it is wild. It is a huge problem. And so I think it's important to stay informed. I think it's important to have these conversations. I think it's important to keep our eyes open because there are people around us right now. There are people around you right now who are struggling. Man, you could be listening to this right now and this is the worst week of your life or this year has just been the worst and you've had moment after moment where like you might not like admit it like how many times have I contemplated suicide this year but if you were to like really like count it up it would be a staggering number and it feels too scary to admit out loud because to admit that would be would be to admit that there's a problem and if there's a problem maybe I'm the problem and what's going to happen next and like all these unknowns that would come if I were to actually admit this and it feels like it's too big to say out loud but in reality saying it out loud takes away so much of the power the damage it can do to you is so much worse when it's a secret It's a relief when you can talk to someone about it, when you can admit it, when you can say it out loud. When you can say it out loud is when you can deal with it. Because the lie that we tell ourselves is that this will never go away and I will never stop feeling this way. And that's not true. All feelings change. When you're feeling great, just know that that will not last forever. There's going to come a time when you feel like crap. And when you feel terrible, you can know that that feeling will not last forever either. And there are people who care about you and who love you and who want to listen to you. And now is the time. Why wait another day? That's the end of the episode. I'm Taylor Johnson. Thank Jordan Combs and Lucky Star for the use of their songs in the episode. Thank, thank you to Glendon and to Brianna for being on the show. Uh, take care of each other. Take care of each other. <laughs>